0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager veteran, Garrett Wong, and myself, Robert Duncan McNeil, your favorite helmsman. We have gone through the entire series of Voyager now. We have no more episodes to discuss we got to the finale we were both shocked at how we uh <laughs> did not remember it, the way we, we it not remember <laughs> the way we thought it was remember this whole series ending the way we thought it was or for the course though. um hmm. but we're gonna we're gonna finish off uh this month of podcasts with a couple of special episodes about our series mm-hmm. and this week We are going to kind of take a step back and take a bird's eye view of the whole show, of Mm. everything that we have rewatched, everything we've remembered, everything we have experienced for the last three and a half years of doing this podcast, the entire seven seasons of Voyager. We're going to kind of talk and and reflect on that. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast and all those episodes that we rewatched and re-experienced. Uh, and tons more bonus material if you sign up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta flyers all right Woo! so here we are we've we've uh we've gotten through the
1: entire series how does it feel uh, it's it's surreal it really is I mean it just seemed when we began in May uh, when we first launched in May of 2020 and we actually began recording in April April ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It seemed like a gargantuan task. Oh my gosh. Uh, 160 plus episodes of (laughs) Voyager that we were going to review. And honestly, I was like, gosh, I I just hope, I hope, we both stick with this and finish this because you know yeah. who knows. Like we could have both said, like, eh, it's not our cup of tea. Maybe you know one of us could have said that and said we're moving on or whatever. But we stuck with this the whole time. You know, um, we had our bumps and bruises in the beginning because we didn't know equipment, we didn't know how to get the best audio, we didn't know which green screen uh, or which lighting was the best. Yeah. So it was trial yeah. and error in the beginning for sure. I would have to say. So the um, other thing that that makes me think about
0: you're right when we started in april of 2020 kind of putting Mm -hmm. this together yeah it seemed gargantuan it seemed impossible yeah Yeah. and i if i'm being honest i didn't expect we'd finish i really didn't (laughs) i didn't think i thought yeah well this will be fun for a few months we'll see how this goes but i want to say Just like the original series when it got canceled and the fans, the fans kept it alive. Yeah, The fans got together and had conventions and wanted more. The fans, because of their passion and their connection and their involvement, Star Trek as a franchise survived. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way for our podcast, honestly. And I'm not saying this to kiss up to all of our listeners out there. Mm -hmm. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I don't think we could have done this without the passion that people have expressed and the way the community that's developed and the, the feedback that we're getting from everybody about this, this podcast, we wouldn't have survived. Like it's the fans. It's the people that kind of feed us and make us want to keep going. Honestly. Um, That's my Uh, two cents.
1: No, I agree with you. I, I do feel that we were able to find inspiration from our fans from the listeners and viewers from the patreon patrons from those who are listening to the free podcast as well we really you know we've we've heard we've gotten so many emails and and messages and different times uh, i've been at different conventions um i know you've only done one since the pandemic started but i've done more than that and uh, you know every day every hour somebody comes by and says oh my god thank you so much for the podcast thank you and that just keeps us going and that was like fuel yeah. i think for both of us to, and we realized that this thing became bigger than both of us you know yeah. what i'm saying it, it just it sort of just it, it expanded and became its own entity um and it became something that people look forward to in a time where an unprecedented un, an unprecedented time in our life in our yeah. as long there's no one alive right now that was alive when the spanish flu was around i mean if there was they were it may be an infant or something like that but i I, again i just feel like the world shut down we did this this became a a beacon in the night a lighthouse in the night to guide in those those lost souls and people that were you know uh, feeling uncomfortable and feeling nervous about what was going on with the world and we were like a safety blanket in a way and and then it, then the show became a safety blanket for ourselves in a way you know what i'm saying yeah. it, it, we felt like oh yeah we're doing something we're, we're we're contributing to society in a way we're we're helping entertain people and, and educate people and inform people and enlighten people so it really has become its own entity in my yeah view.
0: yeah it's totally become its own entity and I think that sense, you're right, was starting during the pandemic when everyone felt so isolated and yeah. alone. Yeah. And the things that we were used to uh, that created a sense of connection or community for us had sort of vanished. They evaporated very yeah. quickly. And I'm surprised at how reconnecting this podcast has become for me with with our cast and our crew and the fans and And the show itself, like I really, I I really have re experienced what we did uh, on the on the series, the shows we made, all of those memories and great memories, and tough times too. Mm -hmm. Um, But reconnecting with everybody and You know, getting to interview people for all of the, you know, all the bonus material that we've done, not just the podcast and the rewatch, but it's the, it's the zooms with the admirals. It's the interviews that we do. Mm -hmm. It's the conversations that happen. It's, it's, you know, not, not knowing something and calling Bob Picardo on the phone in the middle of a podcast while he's on his bike.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: um, We've
1: learned a lot of things that we did not know beforehand. A lot. For instance, I didn't know that your favorite color was orange. And what's odd is that when I finally realized it, I actually purchased this chair, as you can see. see, I bought this chair before I even knew that this chair I bought very early, before I knew orange was your favorite color. And look, I have orange as my You have an orange chair. There you go. That shows that we have some synergy together yeah. even when we're not together we still have that synergy i'm buying your favorite color chair basically
0: i like that <laughs> you're you're wearing a delta flyers hat and yeah. i pulled out i oh, went the deep. season seven one yeah i i did a deep cut yeah. and i'm wearing the season seven crew hat that the cast yeah. we all made these hats for yeah. the crew yeah and uh and everybody that worked on the show and so mm-hmm. this was our finale season seven baseball hat that we made and uh it felt appropriate cool. for this
1: I, I love it for
0: this episode i should find
1: mine i think i actually have i have a box with several of those actually you do i do i feel like i need, I to, I like need we... to find i need to find those and so i can yeah. throw them up on the store and let some people have a shot at getting these because yeah. they're limited edition that's for sure <laughs> there's only so many printed um but yeah it's it's been uh it's been quite a journey to say the least and i've been very very um you know, happy that we took it. I mean, it's something that, you know, it's actually brought us closer together as well. I mean, I feel like, you know, uh, we've always been friends, but, you know, there was a period of time where I didn't really see a lot of you, to be honest.
0: No, I think, and I think uh, it's reconnected you and I and our friendship, Mm -hmm. because we're talking about this, we're getting Mm -hmm. together. It's reconnected us to a lot of the cast in in ways that you know, I, I uh I love that we've talked to everybody except for Jennifer Lean
1: and we've talked to everybody yeah. that was on our show. Yeah, and I and wish we could that's have... still a that's still a goal of mine to be able to do I that would love too.
0: I'd love to reconnect with her. Yeah, I really would. That'd be good. So 172 episodes. This series Is that the
1: number? Is that the correct number? Is that the correct number? 172. 172. Okay. Yeah, got it. Mm-hmm.
0: Seven seasons, 172 episodes. Mm. We premiered in on January 16th, 1995, on a brand new network, UPN. Wow, well, yeah. let's talk about that for a well, minute. Well,
1: like, yeah, let's no, let's talk about UPN. But before we get into that, 170 in today's uh, order of a you know a Netflix show that would be 17 seasons. Oh, yeah. of a 10 episode per season show on netflix am i right yeah. that would be yeah. 17 seasons that just puts it into perspective how hard we worked on voyager how much yeah. time we spent at paramount studios filming 14 to 17 hours a day 10 months of the year out of the year just to get that show and that's can. a lot of episodes, a lot of episodes. Un, you know nobody does that anymore no, nobody no and now let's talk about UPN and and the network and
0: UPN. So, so we we premiered on January sixteenth, nineteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. I remember that premiere day. Yeah. I remember the the kind of um, excitement
1: and fear around UPN. Yes, <laughs> I, I yes, yeah. I thought the coolest thing publicity wise that happened then was that the LA Times somebody at Paramount clearly decided let's go ahead. And in the Sunday paper, the Sunday before Monday, January 16th, 1995. So that would be January 15th in that Sunday LA times paper. And back then this is before the the age of digital. Everybody had a paper that they went and purchased or had delivered. Okay. Like physical paper that LA times Sunday paper had an insert in there and it was basically Voyager popcorn. Did you oh, know this? Oh, yes, I, I remember thought, that. This is brilliant. And that made me feel special. I'm like, wow, like no other TV show had advertising publicity by putting into every single popcorn. Sunday paper popcorn, Voyager popcorn to, to, to make while you're watching the premiere of Voyager. To like yeah, make I, it a
0: movie night. Yes, they they so treated I, it like a movie
1: yeah. premiere. And so I felt I felt fancy. It made me feel fancy. I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at that. They're pulling out all the stuff for us. UPN and and Voyager.
0: Yeah, I remember UPN, I was very excited that like, wow, we're, you know, anchoring this new network. Yeah. It's super exciting. The Paramount Network, um, Fox, you know, Fox had just started, you know, maybe 10 years before. I remember when the Fox Network launched and Mm -hmm. everybody was like, oh, nobody can they can't start another network. Yeah. Like, it's going to fail. Fox is going to fall gonna,
1: flat on its face. Yeah, flat on, mm-hmm. f- yeah, flat
0: on its face. And yeah. it didn't. Nope. it was <laughs> It was succeeding. Yeah. And so all the other studios were kind of getting in the game of, hey, maybe right. we can start our own network too. So Paramount starting their own network seemed really exciting. They had Very, so many comedy yeah. hits. Yeah. They had a history of so much great television. But I do remember when we started Voyager, and this new network, they were talking about the lineup as, as, as all of this started becoming clearer to us. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were only airing programming like three or four nights a week. They weren't.
1: and They didn't have they a didn't, full slate. They
0: didn't have a full slate. And I remember
1: no. feeling like, wait a minute, is this going to work? I'm like, gonna, yeah. <laughs> Do we have enough? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I'm going to quiz you. I'm going to quiz you, Robbie. Do you remember some of the titles of the other shows that premiered with us that premiered with yeah. us. What, yeah, what what other UPN shows were on back then? Oh my, let's gosh. see if you can remember any titles right now.
0: I don't remember a single
1: other title. Seriously, I don't. I don't. Oh my god! What were they? Okay, there was Hanging with the Homeboys, <laughs> which that was, was the yeah, first. That was one of them. And it was a couple guys, you know, from the inner city, or I think that were attorneys or something, trying to be attorneys, something like that effect. Yeah. Hanging with the homeboys was one. Platypus Man, starring Richard Platypus Jenny, Jenny yes. the comedian, the very, the very famous and, and fun, uh, awesome comedian. He's since uh, passed away, but uh, Richard Jenny had Platypus Man. Uh, there was another show. It was about um, uh, Nowhere Man. Do you remember that? Nowhere. Yes. Uh, it, it was, yeah, the guy, it was Bruce. Uh, oh, my goodness. He he played, oh, um, uh, my goodness. He played in in 2009, J.J. Abrams reboot. I think he played Pike, that actor. Um, oh,
0: yes. Um, oh, my gosh. Um,
1: is it Stuart? You, you know who I'm talking about. I know exactly yeah. who you mean. Yeah, uh, this is actually going to make me, let me just look this up. Who played? Bruce Greenwood. Thank That's you. That's it. Wait. And I love that show. I watched them. I watched all Nowhere the other Man? programming. Yeah. It was so okay. good. And then the, the showrunner freaked out. After season one, he was like, I don't have any other stories. I have no other stories to write. I can't do oh, this no. anymore. And he and he he literally told the network, I'm done. And so they think that show ended. It was like, oh, okay.
0: Nowhere man. I remember that show. Nowhere man. Do you? Yeah. I, okay.
1: I've I've looked up while
0: we've been talking some of the other shows. Yeah. So we had Star Trek Voyager right. as their kind of anchor. Mm-hmm. We had Nowhere Man, which we've yep. talked about. We had Platypus Flatirpus Man, man mm-hmm. starring Roger Jenny. We mm-hmm. had Pigsty. That you one remember? I do remember. No, Pig Pig Stye. Stye. What was Pigsty? It was a comedy. I. It was I. Let me see if I can find who, give out. Me,
1: give me some names of the people that are in there. Who's uh,
0: the lead? Sean O'Brien and Liz Vassy, both in my short film, Nine Millimeter of Love. I oh, wow. about
1: this. Oh, my God. That is Sean, so funny.
0: Sean's an old friend. Yeah. Starred Sean, Bryan, Sean O'Brien, yeah. Liz Vassie, Yeah, Timothy Fall, Brian McNamara, who was in my episode oh, of yeah. Someone to Watch Over Me. Yeah. Uh, also a friend of mine. Matt Borlingi From Father of the Bride,
1: Brian McNamara?
0: Uh, no, No. that, no, no, that was who, that That was George something.
1: George Newbern. Yeah. George Newbern came in to say hello to you when you were working at, on Chuck. And I was with you when he came in to say, hi, do you remember this? Yes, I do. Kind of? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. All the, Keep all going. the
0: young actors, our yep. age or my age back then, I yep. knew all of them. Right. Uh, so platypus man yep. was going. another UPN show. I totally forgot
1: about Right. That. Keep going. What um,
0: else? We had nowhere, man. We talked about marker,
1: Richard, Marker. Greco. Richard Greco. Oh my gosh. Yes. Terry Farrell's ex-boyfriend. Oh my goodness. Hmm. Yes. Wow, I forgot about that um, I don't know yeah.
0: if these were all keep, keep, first listing them. Season, keep listing them, but other UPN shows, legend Richard Dean Anderson,
1: yes, yes, before he did Stargate, right? Yeah, yes, yes, okay, Richard Dean Anderson, yeah, yeah.
0: And then legend. there were some other shows that came along, uh, on UPN as we were running, you know, as as shows got canceled, replacements like the Sentinel. Oh yeah. Uh, Moesha. Yeah, Moesha. Start yeah. Brandy, the singer. Mm-hmm. Um The Sentinel. uh
1: um, WWE Wrestling as well. I think WWE that, came right?
0: in. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer, which was the Civil War comedy. Um, <laughs> do you remember that? No, it was, but it,
1: got really that got bad. Greenlit, a Civil War comedy. Yeah, oh my gosh. Was, I'm sorry. I don't yes. know what who the execs were, but that is not a very good choice to go with. No
0: UPN, no, UPN just oh could God. not
1: figure it out. Um, no, Hanging with the Homeboys. I, I got that wrong. It was Sparks. Sparks was the comedy, a sitcom set in Los Angeles, California, about the everyday lives of a family of lawyers running a family-owned law practice. That's what it was. Sparks. That had James Avery, Robin Givens, Terrence oh, yes. Howard, Terrence Howard was in that's that one. Right. Miguel Nunes. So there was a lot of you know firepower, star power that was wow. you know, on UPN that were on UPN shows. I remember that one. Sparks. That was the one.
0: Being on that network. Bottom line, it was exciting to yeah. have this new network idea, but I immediately, before we even aired, yeah. I was like, wait, they've only got a few nights of programming, and mm-hmm. that's their. Pro- oh, I don't know about this. I was yeah. nervous. Our first premiere night our two-hour pilot episode of star trek voyager which we got to see at a at a premiere event on a big screen on the movie theaters at Paramount's uh movie theater
1: we got we, to see oh that's right no 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 yes we screened we had it seen it yeah.
0: we screened it before it aired yeah but then the night it aired we had 21.3 million people watching that's
1: a lot
0: it. 23.1 million
1: 21.3 that is right 21.3 Point three? yeah that's yes. a lot that's a lot. That's a lot. It is.
0: Like, nowadays, if a show got a number like that, they it would be front page news. Like, nobody yeah. gets audiences like
1: that. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember going to the screening record. at Paramount yes. Studios yeah, in the, I in the uh, Paramount Theater? Yes. Uh, I, Okay. What I remembered more than anything else was I was sitting in about the middle, and I turned around to look at, you know, behind me to see who else was there. And I saw Avery Brooks sitting by oh, yeah, himself yeah, I remember. he was sitting by himself he wasn't nobody else was there just him and I, he was just watching and what and he was just no reaction so i couldn't read him i was like oh, wow. is he is he looking at us like that we're a threat you know what i'm saying that that, that yeah. we're you know is he looking at us like oh okay yeah i respect what they're doing i had no clue he was so inscrutable i couldn't tell what he was thinking at that yeah. point but i remember he was the one other person uh, um at that screening that i i remember his face so clearly so crystal wow. clear yeah all right so i remember ahead. at that screening everybody got dressed up
0: and i remember you know back when we first started on voyager i was having a lot of like anxiety and you and i have talked about yes this. I did. was having like mm-hmm. um um panic attacks basically mm-hmm. which i didn't and know I, and we and were I, and i was dealing yeah. with it too so wow i was i was having uh when we first started the show the first season or two, I was still having these panic attacks. And I remember being at the premiere at Paramount's theater there.
1: You felt and, it then? And too? I
0: started having a panic attack. Oh, and gosh. I remember I I had just gotten like club soda. I was drinking a lot of club soda because oh, I didn't want to have alcohol. I didn't want to do anything yeah. that would exacerbate it. And I remember being out in that lobby and yeah, the lobby
1: area, every, yeah. you know,
0: posters everywhere. It was very yeah. exciting and Hollywoody, Right. And I remember going into a side like a uh, stairwell, you know, inside oh, the door. Just the to breathe and, and get away just from to, it? Just to like take a minute. Oh my God. And then Kate Mulgrew came through. She was it, going out. It, to the she stairwell? Was, she she was going out the stairwell door to go smoke a cigarette. Oh my <laughs> God. And so she saw and you. She what saw happened? me. Yeah. And she's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I just was having like a little anxiety. It was just a lot yeah. in there. I just went some, And she goes, oh, I get it. And I, I remember her calming me down
1: oh remember
0: kate from day one with kate i always felt in good hands she made me relaxed and feel grounded and focused Sweet. and i remember Mm. her you know taking a minute there maybe i even stepped outside with her and talking and i don't know what she said but all i remember was she i turned a corner and i was like oh okay i'm not panicking right now i can go back (laughs) in Wow deal with all of this energy and and chaos and excitement and uh that's that's the memory i have of you never told me that story yeah
1: you don't talk yeah. about that often but Kate yeah. mulgrew is your your human version of a beta blocker she ended up she is. Stopping she's here. very yeah.
0: calming for me she's mm. very calming very cool um cool story okay. yeah. yeah so all right so we have a huge audience 21 million people more than 21 mm. p- million people watch our show yeah and because, because, of like, because of the
1: popcorn because of the popcorn because <laughs> of the popcorn
0: and by this point by the way the show is premiering in January but we had probably shot 10 episodes at this point yeah I bet we were eight or ten episodes into the season yeah so we were deep into it but yet we were seeing this you know the show for the first time the how pilot. did you feel the first time you saw what we had been filming excited excited yeah. yeah definitely
1: excited i also realized that i didn't do the right choice in one part of the like when i say uh the captain hasn't um uh, the doctor hasn't uh, hasn't examined me yet either Some, I, there's something in there that that i did not read correctly this like when i read the script i interpreted it incorrectly does that make sense like what yeah. i the cadence of that line the, the meaning of that line the my object my objective as an actor I misread it and I was like, Oh no. And I was watching the, watching the screening going, that's not, that's not, what, what was I thinking? Where was my brain? And it just, it didn't, you know, it didn't resonate with me. And I was pretty upset. I
0: feel like that that with this whole series with this whole podcast, by the way, looking (laughs) back at seven seasons, I would say almost every episode, there's a moment or a scene or an opportunity where I'm like, what was I thinking? Like (laughs) what? You're joking. Yeah, like with the perspective of time and age and distance yeah. from yeah. the chaos that mm. we've all felt by of filming that show.
1: Yeah.
0: That I look back and I'm like, God, I wish I could do that again. Like I wish oh, I, I had agree. a do-over. On every episode, there's something where
1: something that you you would maybe have done, it's just did, a, a, a
0: line while I'm driving the ship or I'm mm-hmm. sitting on the bridge. It could have been yeah. one of those. You know, or or it could be a scene, a, b- a bigger scene or story where I'm yeah. like, I wish I had, you know, for me, looking back on those kind of things, the first couple seasons, I feel like I magnified the problems of Tom Paris as a character. They were writing him as sort of like a combative, um, cocky. Mm-hmm. They were writing that, but I was amplifying it. Yeah, and with yeah distance in this podcast looking back on it i wish i had sat on that i wish i had thrown it okay. away i wish i had been much less um you know abrasive and like yeah. leaning into that writing because i think they started to you know mellow the character out and find more dimension And that to me um yeah if i if i think back to this podcast and rewatching, there's a lot of moments where i'm like oh why did I I didn't get it. Like yeah. I, I don't I, even think I was aware of the full picture. I was yeah. so stuck in like a reading or an idea. Yeah. That yeah, with with time I look back and I'm like that's wrong. That was wrong the well, wrong direction.
1: Okay. But to our credit, I mean I'm going to I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to say I'm going to be on our side right now yeah. and say that in television you get one to three takes. Unless you're Robert Beltran, but on television you get one to three takes, and then that's it. You move on, right? So you don't have that luxury of looking at it from every angle, right? So that's really, that's that's sort of the saving grace of of anything that we look back on when we're watching these episodes, thinking, "What was I thinking? Why would why did I do that? Those choices." were made because really we didn't have the luxury of the time to sort of look at it from every single angle, right? We didn't have that. Yeah. Like on a feature film, so if you're if you're filming a feature film and you do 65 takes because you're filming half a page a day, that's great. You can you can do a great performance, you know, but in television in the 90s uh, yeah, it was much more difficult. And I hated yeah. back then when people were saying, like, do you do you aspire to be a film actor? That's the highest because, you know, back then the misconception was film actors are better than TV actors. And I say, Bull OK, you put you put any A-list te- uh, film actor on a television show where you're working 14 to 17 hours and you're doing, you know, uh, anywhere from what, six, seven, eight up to maybe 12 pages in a day. Yeah. No way, man. They're gonna come off probably worse than what we get. I mean, we literally adapted and you adapted even faster because you did soaps, which is the most most soaps, difficult medium. Oh yeah. Right? Soap operas is like hey, guess what? We did a whole, we wrote, we wrote the whole new, a whole new scene <laughs> and learned. Yeah, you're doing it. And you're 40, like, 50 oh, pages a day. Too much. Five oh, days a week. Just, yeah, it's like throwing it, you're being thrown into the, into the fire right there. It's yeah. so difficult. Right. So I, so I'm going to say because of the format and because of how we were filming, that's probably why we, I mean, I'm going to say we did, I'm going to grade ourselves that we were a good solid B plus all the way throughout the whole show. But there's going to be moments where we turned in C or maybe even D performances on our in our estimation, in our opinion, because of the limited amount of time that we had. I'm just going to say that right there. That's probably the, the main reason why. First
0: female captain on our ship, too.
1: That was a big deal. Huge deal needed to happen. Having a female captain, that was massively huge and groundbreaking in 1995. And we heard uh, endless criticisms from people who are not Star Trek fans uh, about how dare we allow a woman to be in command. And that was.
0: Yeah, that uh, was. I remember there was a lot of of protests, a lot of flack. That was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But it did. You know, I feel like Voyager, uh, Kate Mulgrew had worked before Voyager. Yes, but I feel like Voyager made Kate Mulgrew, like put her on a different level of actress. It launched a celebrity career for her in a way. She was a solid actress before. Correct. Worked in the theater, did Correct. some movies, did some TV shows. Yes. Yes. Maybe some people knew her as Mrs. Colombo.
1: Yeah. Maybe, but it put her on the map. Put and her on the it map. It also put us on the map too. Put us know? on the map. I mean, nobody knew. I, Garrett no. Wong was before Voyager, not a soul. So yeah.
0: I, I would say the two biggest career boosts that Voyager gave was Kate Mulgrew and Jerry Ryan. Those two, mm-hmm. I yeah. would, I would argue that, yeah. you know, Jerry had done a couple of things before, but nobody knew who Jerry Ryan was nah. and it made her, uh, a celebrity, oh. you know, it made Jerry, uh, you know, uh, a known, celebrity actress. It made mm-hmm. Kate Mulgrew a next level actress. Those two mm-hmm. careers, I feel like, were yeah. really launched in big ways. And by the way, I read a lot about, of, of people saying that Voyager was really the only triumph that UPN had in its entire
1: I would believe that.
0: history. Yeah. that. That Voyager, even though maybe the ratings weren't as big as you know, didn't sustain as big as people had hoped. Mm-hmm. It still was the only real, true success and triumph that they UPN. had at, yeah. at UPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely the the jewel in the crown for them.
1: We, we well, were by far the anchor. By far. I mean, if you look at all those other shows, they didn't really last that long. If you look on there, maybe maybe Moesha had some seasons going on, but other than that, yeah, not much. You know, and, and wrestling, wrestling will always be there. So. You know what's
0: uh, you know what else is that is funny about our first female captain and the launch of this network and all mm-hmm. the attention given to it. Mm-hmm. I heard that Linda Hamilton was considered for uh Janeway. For Janeway, yeah. Yeah, that there yeah. were talks with Linda Hamilton back then. Yeah, I believe. And it. Linda has since become a good friend of mine. And I've worked, right. I've used Linda on Chuck as yeah. Chuck's mom. Uh she's on Resident Alien with us now, the show that I do. Well. Linda (laughs) Hamilton, that would have been insane. That would have been
1: insane. And also if she was Janeway... Uh, at this point, my record of, of of how many times I've kissed Linda Hamilton on the lips it would be once when I met her. But if she was Janeway, I would have said to you right now, boy, I don't even know how many times I've kissed Linda on the lips. Now. Because that's how Linda greets you. Even if she, she doesn't know Linda you, agrees, she yes. plants one right on the kisser. She doesn't go she to does. the side, like the European thing. No, she goes right for your lips. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like my 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 little Chihuahua Yorkie, right for the lips. They're trying to go yeah. you know, right at you. So... Mm, that would have been a very interesting. The,
0: choice. the other thing, as I as I think through, like first female captain Kate Mulgrew, how she, you know, wasn't the first one cast. That Jean-Vivien Bougeot was cast, and, I, and you know, this Correct. podcast has been a, an amazing journey in remembering some of that. And I think back, you know, I've mentioned this before, but like my trail, all of our trailers were lined up in front of stage eight and nine. That's they right. were lined up, and the and the trailers, you know, there were two across down the line. And our doors
1: faced each other. Right. But you uh, guys were you guys were separated from all of us. It was you and Kate by hair and makeup. It's sort of like yeah. you guys were in first class and we were in coach. <laughs> we were in the back. I, I don't the way think I, it was. That's it the just, way I looked at it. I was like, really? great. They're right next to hair. Because that's the place you want to oh, be. Yeah. You want to be able to walk out of your trailer and walk right into makeup. Yeah, I had that a. Was like, I, yeah, I had to go through an obstacle course to get over there. Yeah, right? you did. The, you did. Same thing with uh, especially Chacote. on rainy days. Oh my it was god, a rainy day it was horrible. Yeah, you didn't have to get an umbrella. You just jump right into the makeup and hair. You're right there. So, but I, uh, I I
0: remember because our doors faced each other, and we would both leave our doors open a lot to get fresh yeah. air in those trailers and stuff. Yeah. I my bird's eye view of our series in Cape Mulgrew is I feel like. You know, Kate went through a lot of life changes. She was just coming off of a divorce and dealing yeah. with being, you know, raising two boys and doing this. And and she was really focused on her career. Um, you know, her she met Tim Hagen during that time or or, you know, married. She got married. Her mm-hmm. family went through a lot of changes with their mom's illness. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of life that went on in those seven years in the that midst you of you were us, privy
1: to as well felt, because you, yeah. you could hear things and conversations and you yeah. were there. So.
0: Or if she was angry or upset or just wanted to vent, I was right there. You knew would vent it. Because and she, I would you, do the yeah. same thing with her. You were
1: the sounding board. She was yeah. your sounding board. You were her sounding board because you guys were sec, you guys were secluded yeah. away from all yeah. the other actors. We were on the other side. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, spe- and the other thing I think about in terms of like elevating Jerry Ryan and Kate Mulgrew to this, higher level of actor Mm -hmm. celebrity. Mm -hmm. We also launched Dwayne Johnson, the rocks career. Yeah. We were the first show that Dwayne Johnson was on. And, you know, Uh,
1: yeah, uh, evidently he actually includes that in his show about his life that, that he includes the fact that he booked Voyager and everything. That's what I heard. People have told me that
0: was a big deal at the time. I think it was a big. I mean, he was, he knew he was on his way to something more than just wrestling, but Nobody knew back then. No one could have imagined back then. No way. And that was his way. That was the launch of his acting that
1: gave him a little cred. If you were going to say to somebody back then, there's going to be a WWE, there's going to be a wrestling dude who's going to be the one of the top box office draws, A-list feature film actor, you would have laughed. You would have said, really? No, there's no way. And But he made it. He carved it out. Because yeah. up until then, the only other person who kind of made that, you know, jump from wrestling into feature films was Rowdy Roddy Piper. That was it. That was the only guy. Wow. Um, and he did... He did that one awesome movie, They Live. Do you remember that film That where everyone oh, he puts yeah. on these sunglasses? You can see the aliens with the, He takes them off. It's like, it's like they're, they're high. You know, they're posing as humans, basically. It was such yeah. a wonderful little film that I, cult film that I love. So, uh, but yeah, uh, The Rock. Launched with, some big Voyager. careers.
0: Did you also know, so um, before Paramount launched CBS All Access and now Paramount Plus. Yeah. Where, where all the Star Trek shows are now contained mm-hmm. um netflix when we started this podcast netflix had the star trek show uh, voyager ran on netflix next yeah. gen ran on netflix enterprise was on netflix netflix had all those all those old star trek shows yeah do you know that out of all the star trek series that voyager was the most had the most watched episodes of yes. any
1: other series did you know that i did know that that's know. insane. Yeah.
0: That's insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's because of us, because of Tom and Harry. That's why. That's what it was. To Without That's Tom and it Harry, was. it would be the least watched Star Trek episode. But because of Tom and Harry, it's the most watched Star Trek episode. And, and I remember that deal when Netflix said like, yeah, we're going to pay CBS Paramount this many millions of dollars for the rights to air all the Star Treks. And um, I I kept thinking... Are they crazy why are they paying? they're paying how much you know and it made sense to them and of course you know yeah. Paramount and CBS saw all the profits of that we didn't really see much of that to be honest uh but still it's amazing that we did get all those hits and all those watches those views it makes us yeah. feel it it kind of validates it for us you know the experience it kind of makes us yeah. it makes me feel proud it's like yeah yeah we really did some quality work we had some great episodes and we had some wonderful times doing that um yes it was not the easiest job because of how long we were there i mean that was our life we were there all the time yeah uh yeah but still it was pretty cool when i heard those facts from netflix yeah Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. um what do you remember like now that we've watched all these episodes and kind of got a clear not just a clear memory of the stories of these episodes but a clear memory of like the whole series the whole journey we we remembered so many things that came back to us with all our interviews and our bonus episodes and stuff. what do you remember the cast's um like confidence level in doing our show like what was everybody confident that we were making a good show that we were gonna like my memory is We kind of knew we were going to do this for seven years once we got going.
1: Yeah. So, you're saying, do you think that the overall mentality of all the series regulars was that we had confidence in the show itself? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think we had supreme confidence. I think there was that little, no, I think there was that voice in the back of the head, like, oh, are we going to get renewed? You know, will this go on? Will this happen? Um, I know we're the cornerstone of UPN, but, but, um our numbers are not what they were on the pilot they're going down you know i mean there was that i guess i do
0: remember that in the middle like around season three i remember Mm -hmm. the network was you know clearly you know bleeding money probably they weren't Mm -hmm. making the money that they wanted they weren't Mm -hmm. having the hits they couldn't quite figure out how to program that network yeah and our numbers were being dragged down a bit because of all that yeah that was one big reason they made that change with cast they wanted to bring in the Borg and and make you know do something big that would turn our show in a more positive direction you know ratings wise
1: yeah but they could have kept chess. <laughs> yeah they really could have they didn't have to get rid of her yeah
0: yeah um, I guess my memory is that we were I was at least really confident and and kind of intimidated that we were possibly going to be doing this for seven years I was like, oh okay wow you know, that's yeah. a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. going to go for time. a long time. It's a long, long time. And I remember, you know, by season two, people were buying houses and, you know, expressing yeah. a lot of confidence. I bought a house season two. Right. Between season one and season two, I bought a house. Um, I think Tim Russ bought a house, not too deep into the series. Beltran bought a house.
1: I waited. So, 95- yeah, you waited late. Yeah, I think I waited... Until 90s 90, yeah, 95, 96, like season four, maybe three or four is when I yeah. did it. I pulled the trigger then buying that house. I remember my business yeah. manager was like, No, find a cheaper one. I'm like, oh no, I like this view. <laughs> I don't know about finding a cheaper one, but I think I'm gonna make this one work. So yeah, uh yeah. So yeah, we were buying, we're getting real estate then. Um I mean it was those, confidence, those were, it was yeah, it was there, good there days. Was, it yeah, was we were feeling we were confident that yes, that that the TNG had ran seven ds9 had ran seven so we didn't ever think that we wouldn't run seven years yeah right? that's, that's what i mean like there was us.
0: there was were, a confidence that i've never experienced before yeah like I, well, it, whether and as an actor or a producer or director right. i've never been on
1: a show that didn't feel like you were kind of going season do to you remember the saying gender. back then do you remember the saying the saying was in hollywood there's never a sure thing but if there is a sure thing That would be Star Trek. (laughs) That's what people would say. They were like, yeah, you you can't account on anything in Hollywood. But if you were going to put your money behind a horse, that would be that horse in that race would be that Star Trek show Mm -hmm. would be the one. So, yeah. So there was the confidence in that we would be there for a while. Mm -hmm. But in terms of putting out, you know, the confidence in that our show would be loved by fans, I didn't know. I mean, I had no idea how people would react to our show. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about the voicemails that we received after the pilot episode was aired of all the people that were pissed off about a female captain, you know, if, <laughs> if I just looked at that as a litmus test, I would say that, no, the fans don't like or or random channel surfers don't like our show. So I well, didn't know. I, I didn't know how. I
0: remember I was working directing on Enterprise, I think that first season when they premiered. Mm-hmm. And there was such a blowback
1: about their theme song. Because
0: they had oh, like a God. pop song. Yeah, they
1: had a pop song. That's Do you right. remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. And we just...
0: they had never
1: done that on, no, on a, and, any
0: Star Trek show. And, uh, and
1: fans I, were freaking not, out. No, not only were fans, I was freaking out. I'm like, why did they choose that? I, I don't understand. Like they, They've made it very clear that... Every show has an orchestra behind. It's it's this beautiful piece, whatever it is, whether it's TOS, TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise was going to follow suit, but then somebody made that decision. I don't know if it was Berman or 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 Braga or who that said, know. "Let's go with this song." Yeah. <laughs> so it was like that was okay. that was a
0: big surprise. But I do remember speaking of like the launch of our show, the confidence level. Yeah. I remember on Enterprise because I was a directing over there. Yeah. I wasn't there full time, but I remember feeling like observing that this crew, this cast of actors, has the same confidence, if not more, than we and did. We did.
1: Yeah.
0: When we started, we had some yeah. bumps. You know, we were launching they, a new network. Yeah. That was felt scary. We had yeah. had trouble with our captain casting. That felt a little. So we we were
1: cautiously optimistic, but they were very, very, very confident. You saw it from the perspective of guest director of certain yeah. episodes of Enterprise. I saw it from my my friendship with Anthony Montgomery. And uh, but they were, you know, they were also tied to the same network that we
0: were tied to and that's that we right. launched and mm-hmm. they came into it when it was stumbling and you know they had already discovered that that network was was struggling and yeah. so yeah okay so another thing that that comes to mind is a in, in this bird's eye you know series memory is is kind of the writing shifts and changes that happened because mm. you know even though they're behind the scenes the writers are are a critical part of Storytelling and the personality of our show. And Mm -hmm. we started with Rick Berman, Michael Piller and Jerry Taylor as our showrunners. Those three were our bosses. That's That's who we look to for the final answer for the leadership for the for the heart of the show. I, I always felt like Jerry Taylor was the heart of Janeway. Yep. That was her
1: character. She mm-hmm. defended and fought for Janeway mm-hmm. um, like nobody else. Yeah. And it bummed me out when she left, to be perfectly honest. I was yeah. like, oh no, 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 don't leave. Don't leave. Now it's yeah. just the boys' club now. You know, I yeah. really, I really wish that she would have stayed, to be perfectly yeah. honest in hindsight. I love That's- that she
0: mentored, you know, we learned during this podcast that she mentored and brought in Lisa Clink. Yes. That Lisa was that's very true. young, didn't really have credits to stand on. Yeah. And yeah, Jerry believed it. Yeah, in that's her. right.
1: Yeah. So that there, there is it wasn't a complete boys' club. There was still Lisa, the protege.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: I love Lisa's
0: work. And she mentored under Jerry Taylor. Yes. Yeah. So, and and kept that spirit alive, yeah. that love of maybe character that's why Jerry
1: and, felt like it was okay for her to move on. Because she yeah, felt maybe. like, look, I've already left my protege here who can, you know, watch the shop a little bit and it'll be okay. So maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah. Jerry was such a sweet, warm. I always felt, I felt very, here's, here's the thing about those three showrunners. My, my memories and opinion. Uh, Rick was the daddy boss. Authoritarian. 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 Yes. He was the authoritarian. He was, he was intimidating he was um a little scary. Yeah. He he was uh, black and white. Yeah. Things with things with Rick were either right or wrong, good or bad. Mm-hmm. There was no gray area. Um that was Rick. Michael Piller was more of like the professor to me. Like I trusted his intellect and his, you know, the way that he I I trusted he understood what we were doing and, and I could, I could, you know, he was intellectual and the professor, I don't know how else to put it. Like he just, he, he was experienced. He was a veteran and he was, I, I trusted him and I I liked Michael. I went to some baseball games with him. He was, he was,
1: he was a great guy.
0: I'm going to go, I'm going to use,
1: you're talking about, you you know, broad terms in terms of uh, the person you trust. Taylor. The person who was the authoritarian, a little bit scary, uh, was Berman. I'm going to say in Lord of the Ring terms, Lord of the Rings, Pillar uh, was Gandalf. We all trust Gandalf the Wizard. And now uh-huh. uh, uh, I'm going to put Jerry. Uh, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry uh, Taylor as, um, I guess Jerry Taylor would be, gosh. Um, she was nurturing. You know what? She was, yeah, nurturing. So I'm going to say. That it was, um, Jerry Taylor was like Bilbo Baggins. So so he <laughs> yes. so he's the uncle, you know, the nurturing uncle to Frodo. So, yeah, uh, yeah so that's the way I look at uh, the show. Yeah, Jerry and it, You was... know what, Jerry didn't even seem like she would be a showrunner. Does that make sense to you? Like, she seemed like the really cool, nice aunt that people yeah. wish that they had, auntie. Yeah. So it didn't even seem like she was- you know a hollywood type She was no, so atypical. she didn't feel hollywood at all but no. she knew what she
0: was doing yeah she did a great really writer did. super good great administrator of the mm-hmm. writing staff mm-hmm. nurturing to other writers i always yeah. felt she and michael yeah. both really nurtured yeah. writers in yeah. fact i know that michael pillar had a scholarship fund uh even when we were doing voyager He was a alumni of the University of North Carolina. That's
1: right. Tar Heels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tar Heels. I was born in North Carolina and I talked about it a lot. That's right. And he had, he was very involved in their writing department, their English department and writing department in helping bring uh, students, college students out to Hollywood Mm -hmm. and mentoring them. He was an incredible mentor, loved writers, loved writing. So, uh, and I
1: didn't know you went to a baseball
0: game with him what yeah when, how had did that season, happen he had season tickets and i don't know maybe i was a big atlanta braves fan back then they so were, you they saw were the dodgers and the braves is that what you guys did or i can't remember what huh. teams they were because we okay. ended up talking a lot but right. i read a couple times he had wow. season tickets he was a big dodgers fan yeah and loved baseball and yeah. uh I think he had Dodgers he had Dodgers
1: stuff in his office I don't know if you remember like base signed baseball I, I I do and he I do always I, wore I, a
0: Dodgers hat do you remember that
1: yes and I'm gonna say right now when you know when he passed away from from cancer I when I went to the memorial I've never been to a memorial where I've seen more people attend that was by far it was shocking to me how many people were in attendance in, in a good way it was like wow Wow! This is how many people he touched. This is how many people that he influenced yeah. or that you know that respected him. Because yeah. you're not going to go to someone's funeral that you don't respect, right? Yeah. Or that you don't um, think kindly of or think well of. So yeah. that to me showed it, it spoke volumes to yeah. how Absolutely. awesome he was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then there were changes during our series. So Michael left after season two. I think Jerry yeah. left after season three. Yeah. And. You know, we had some new writers. writers. Wait, wait. was Brian there
1: day one? No, No. he came in later. Yeah, he came in season three, maybe. Yeah. Um, and Brian off the bat was so different from all the other writers because he was, oh yeah, an Uber nerd. Like he had, like you walk into his office, you saw. I mean, he had he had all these awesome, cool, limited edition action figures from all different yeah. sci-fi series. That he was just fun. In his, he was fun. Like if you walk in there and you and I were were the youngins on that cast and we, yeah. you know, walking into into his office was like, hey, it's like a playground in <laughs> here. It really yeah. is. It's nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we had Ken Biller rising quickly. Ken first season yeah. was a story editor. He was right. the, or a staff writer. He was the lowest basically the, the starting position yeah. of writers with many steps to yeah. get to where he got to yeah. at the end of our series as showrunner. He was the showrunner yeah. and the head writer. Yeah. By the so last at season. that bottom
1: rung, he would be the guy in the writing room standing up on the whiteboard. Like he, yeah, would take be, he would have to do all the notes. Like that's, that's your, uh, that's your trial, you know, that's your sort of initiation as yeah. a writer. You're the guy that has to write everything up there. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, that that was a big transition in our mm-hmm. and, and you know, the personalities of all these writers um, show in the way that, you know, the showrunners yeah. show in the yeah. way that the series goes, you know, uh, yeah. Rick, Rick always stayed the technically the the head boss, the showrunner. He was always the one to sign off. Yes or no. But mm-hmm. but uh, I think, you know, moving through Michael Pillar, Jerry Taylor into Brandon Braga running the show for a few years, into Ken Biller yeah. running... Uh, yeah, Oh, know, we forgot about run, John.
1: We forgot about Joe Minoski. Joe so Minoski. Joe, yeah, Joe he was the mystery man. On. He was, because you remember, he was living in Spain, right? He, so yeah. he was in another country. Was it Spain or Italy? Uh, oh. Oh, I, I thought... thought it, you thought I it thought was it Italy. Italy? I thought it was Spain. So, hey, yeah. some European country, some <laughs> that, Mediterranean that monastic, yeah. exotic place. Yeah, and he yeah. was actually submitting, you know, his his uh, his drafts and whatnot online, and he was writing from Europe essentially. Yeah. And he's one of those people, like uh, Whoopi Goldberg, like John Madden, who refused to fly on an mm-hmm. airplane. So, yeah. So he, when he did finally come back to California, back to Hollywood and and actually have an office to write for Voyager. He took a boat. He didn't fly back. So yeah. um yeah so Minoski was another addition that that um that came onto the staff that and I, I liked Monoski. I got along very well with yeah. with Minoski.
0: Yeah he, I love he, and his scripts were always great. They were yeah. always um great scripts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you by the way, changing subject for a minute, do you know that uh Voyager almost launched another spin-off what? during our run. Yeah. What are you talking about? When what? George Takei came on, yeah, to um to guest star on, on our Voyager. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that they were thinking about doing a spin-off with the Excelsior, which was that that ship, the wow. Excelsior crew, and George is the captain potentially, and there was mm. all I didn't even know that at the time. I vaguely remember who was talking about
1: this. Berman, was George. It's it? just
0: yeah. No. I vaguely remember. Wow, like I don't. And remember I think this. George Takei said something about yes. There's you know I've always wanted to be a captain or oh, yeah. He's been
1: shilling for that for a long time. He's at. But I remember we they were talking about a
0: spinoff in the middle of our run because I, that DS9 had. Yeah. DS9 had finished. We were the only game in town at that point. And the TNG cast was doing movies. And they were always thinking about, you know, okay, we got one going. We got to get another one yeah. in the development pipeline. And
1: that was And they the had one. talked about a spin-off p- wow. perhaps, Jeez. which is crazy. That is crazy. Like I've been at yeah. conventions when he's talked about, you know. It'd be wonderful if, if we could have the adventures of Captain Sulu. Like he said that multiple I, that times. That was so.
0: that was a potential backdoor pilot, an experiment to see mm. if maybe that that the tone of George's Captain and mm. could make a series. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. which is okay. just
0: fascinating. It
1: is fascinating.
0: Huh. Um, I've even heard rumors. I think Kate Mulgrew said something not long ago about a live action Voyager, like not voyager but that janeway would come back in a live action potentially a live action show which i feel like would include the voyager cast in some way it's got to
1: you know? yeah i've been in contact with uh, a friend who <laughs> who i did something uh, there was a there's a director who a uh, filmmaker that had me come in and do some stuff for a documentary that he's doing about yeah. truck stuff And he's written like a little bit of a treatment for a Captain Proton thing where both of us live action, listen to this, where we're, we're in our middle age, where we're dealing with our family and everything. And it's like, and we're just going through like life, you know what I'm saying? And it just shows how, how how tom and harry are dealing with middle age oh that's funny it's it's very funny we're juggling kids we're juggling all this stuff and to get away we we go and do the holiday and and we still do yes we still do yes 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 yes. so he's written this whole thing and in fact i i do need to return his email because we're supposed to have a little conversation about this and i didn't want to bring this to you until until it's more fleshed out but it's it's really very creative, Robbie. We could I feel get like,
0: Paramount to to let us. I've been yes, wanting sir. to do a, something with Captain yes, Proton for a yeah, long no, time. Yeah, no, I know,
1: I know, and I know you. you we hit that roadblock yeah. at Secret Hideout, so why not see if we have another avenue? So when yeah. it's more fleshed out, um, we will present it to you to yeah. <laughs> see what you think. Because I think it's it's pretty darn ingenious. That's because cool. we get to act as ourselves. We don't have to do any time shift where we look younger. It's just us. Right. So yeah, so it's kind of cool. Wow. Yeah mm-hmm
0: yeah. well it would be great to see now that i have gone back with this podcast and re the show yeah with you yes uh, it really i think for the cast for all of us for you yeah. for me i know for for the two of us for sure yeah. i think robert picardo would be into it i know oh i think God. kate we- mulgrew would be into it i think roxanne would even be oh, into God. it i really do yeah
1: if we get the if we get the whole gang back together, if we get the band back together, let me tell you, it's going to be good times rolling again. Uh, it'd be so much fun. We'd yeah. have so much laughter. We it, yeah. it would be almost as if time never even passed. Does that make and, sense? Like I feel like we would get together. That synergy, that chemistry that we had yeah. on set on Voyager, where we we couldn't stop laughing. I mean, it was yeah. just oh, we had so much fun. Well, I so. also
0: think like. You know, time teaches a lot. We've all grown sure. a lot. We're yeah. all much more complex people, human mm. beings. Mm-hmm. And and I think it would be interesting, especially with this podcast, having watched the way that our series ended. Yeah. Not, you know, you and I both did not remember this ending properly. Yeah. No. Now that I've seen it, now yeah. that I really know how it ended with just that the ship flying towards Earth, we don't see anything of what happened no. to any of us it's a blank you, canvas and, man <laughs> and i think the fans would really dig it yeah. i feel like people would love to see the stories i would love to see the stories I, I agree. of what happened i agree and in fact on that note yeah i think next week we should do this bonus episode mm. of the imaginary season eight. I think we should do it sincerely. Okay. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be like the Christmas episode where we're yeah. kind of wacky and it's crazy. I think we should really, really think do about do this. One. Okay. And think about what that season eight could, could have looked like. I, and, and maybe yeah. this will
1: be the seeds of a potential Voyager there. There be, script. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe we, once we have fleshed this out, and we could have something that we can bring to uh, the powers that be, you know, yeah. I'd be like, wow, this came from the podcast. Yes. We kind of worked through it. We workshopped it. We threw it back and forth and this is what we came up with. So maybe that would be a wonderful thing. Yeah. I'd love to do well,
0: that. Let's, I'm excited for next we could week. To
1: do that for sure. Yeah.
0: And thanks to all of our, our listeners, our loyal listeners of this mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. the m- literally millions of downloads that we've had is just I didn't even know to me. I didn't
1: know the the revised number. You gave the revised number out the other day of how many downloads. You said it. I
0: don't I don't know exactly the current number Oh, were number, you but were you were you exaggerating? I was number? not exaggerating. Okay, so it's what's over, the it's over 6 million. It's over 6 point. now
1: because the last yes. time I heard it was like, oh, we have 3 over 3 million down. Now it's over 6 million downloads. So, okay, I believe so. Yes. As in the 6 million That's dollar man. Crazy. Yeah, it is pretty But it crazy.
0: doesn't come close to our upn premiere night of 21.3 <laughs> million viewers that's insane i can't believe we did that and <laughs> i mm-hmm. see what this podcast does it just yeah. te- it reminds me of all the amazing things that we we lived through and hopefully next week we'll see what we could have lived through in season eight
1: yeah That's us okay. it all right thank you everyone and for all of our patreon patrons please stay tuned for your bonus uh... material